It's 2024, and you're listening to Kiddush Club News for Jews, the podcast. I would not have guessed that I would hear those words. To be perfectly honest, well, it is it is 2024. I you know I didn't I didn't no, no, say no, I didn't acknowledge it as a holiday. No, 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 no. I'm not debating the year. I didn't think we would make it this long. Can I? Oh, <laughs> I didn't think I'd hear those words. Oh, I thought you were like belittling me. You know, like saying that I was celebrating, you know, New Year's, which I'm not clearly. Well, why are you so self conscious, though? I don't know. You're, you're very so, you're, self. You're giving me the judging eyes, <laughs> the judgy eyes. <laughs> How many of your coworkers told you see you next year? I have zero tolerance for that. Zero. It's the worst. In second grade, it was cute. In third grade, it was already annoying. So many, many years later, yeah, definitely not good. So I had an interesting Shabbos. Um, so what happened was, so I, you know, I'm a big fan of pomegranate, and they're not advertised or anything. I just happen to be a big fan of pomegranate. All right. So, um, you know, one of the things I get from them, I, I do happen to get their overnight kugel, which I think is very good. Yeah, I'm a big overnight kugel fan, and this their overnight kugel is really good. And um, so I found out that one of our Yes advertisers, uh, Jerusalem Glot, turns out they sell overnight kugel as well. And so somebody was saying, hey, you know, you should try out theirs if you like pomegranates. And I said, you know, I'm very happy with pomegranate, but I'll try it. They are a sponsor of the show, best sponsor. And I did. So I got the overnight kugel from pomegranate, as usual. And then I got the overnight kugel from Jerusalem Glot. Um, they have a location in Lakewood and in Flatbush. And I put it to a test, blind taste test to the family. Oh. Yeah, blind taste test. And who do you think won? No, I have a question about the parameters of this. <laughs> like, is it double blind? How do we know well, like, to, that, it, that to, it has integrity? I need to know about the integrity of the study. Well, okay. So I was the only one who knew. Nobody, they, they did have a difference in appearance. The uh, pomegranate one was a little bit darker, but other than that, nobody knew which was which. I okay. also served them upside down so that they couldn't tell from the, you know what I'm saying? The crusting is a little different between kugels, right? So, but when it's upside down, it's a lot harder to tell. I think so that I, is sufficient. I think thank that's you. like. <laughs> Thank I you. think that that's good. Like, I Thank can't you. believe you went to those lengths. Yes. I, yeah. I don't mess around. I do not mess around. So, it was a unanimous victory for... Let me hear it. Jerusalem Glot. Really? Yes. Huh. I would Jer not have guessed that off the bat. Yeah. Jerusalem Glot overnight kugel beat pomegranate overnight kugel. Of course, pomegranate's never going to advertise now. But, <laughs> but whatever, we got to keep it real. We got to keep yeah. it real. This is, we are journalists first and foremost. There's nothing I could do. Listen, I didn't make the kugel. I'm just reporting it. Um, the Jerusalem Glot, uh, one of my kids, you know, the Jerusalem Glot uh, kugel was a little bit more, the potato itself was like larger in terms of the shredding. You know what I'm saying? It, was, yes. it had a little more bite to it. So uh, my littlest one wasn't thrilled with that. But on taste, Jerusalem Glot won. Congrats, Jerusalem Glot. And Jerusalem Glot, if you're listening, we will take a lifetime supply of Kugel. You can ship it to the studio. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and also this week, we have a new sponsor. And this is, uh, it's actually a project of Chesed Chicago. It's called Shas for Shaduchim. You ever hear of it? Uh, I never heard of it uh, before this ad, obviously. But before I even ask you, have you ever made a Shidduch? 
Um, that's pressure on the spot. I would say <laughs> no. I don't think I ever have made a shidduch. Have you? I don't think I. I don't think I did either. But like they say, if you make three, you go straight to Ganeden. Right. Like you so, bypass everything. I need to bypass stuff. You get cheeseburgers at that point. <laughs> Bacon cheeseburgers. So what are we doing? Why are we not focusing on this? I know that should be my life's work, like my life's goal. Well, now you can have a part in a shidduch. Um, what they do is is they'll they're finishing the entire shas, uh, and they're doing it for the zchus of singles that are looking for their shidduch. Right. So so the entire shas is going to get finished. I think it's in one day, even. Yes. Or I'm not sure. Yes. Right. Twenty four hours. Rosh Chodesh uh, of Shvat, and yeah. And that's, I think that, I mean, that's the power of this segula. I mean, I, listen, I never heard of the segula before, and I've heard a lot of segulas, but at the end of the day, it's learning tire. So, like, I mean, this is not the average segula. This is not like a segula where they say, like, you know, uh, wear this necklace or, like, uh, you know, jump up and down and whatever. We've, we've, we've talked about some funky segulas, but this one, I mean, this is learning tire. You're, you're essentially giving money for the learning of tire. And, you know, there can be no bigger segula. Right. Right. I mean, I never heard of it specifically for Shaduchim, but I don't see why not. So now I'm thinking, if you're telling me three of them and I go straight to Olam Haba, listen, if I do one this year, I sponsor a daf. <laughs> see, because if I give money to them, to Shaz for Shaduchim, I'm guaranteed that I'm going to be part of making a Shaduch, right? Well, you have to submit names. You don't have to, but you have the opportunity to submit up to five names for your daf. Like if you sponsor a daf, you get to give them five names, and if one of those people get married, that goes to your credit. It's a, a great opportunity, uh, especially if you know someone who could use a shidduch and who doesn't know someone who could use a shidduch. Uh, check them out. The link will be in our show notes. It's shas, the number four, shidduchim.org. Now get this. Five names is included, but if you use coupon code KC, you can get a sixth name. I wonder if you can like submit the same name twice and it has double the effect. Double power. I like that. (laughs) I like that. These are good. Maybe maybe it's in the FAQ. I'll check it. (laughs) So if you put the same person six times, all the more so. Even better. Okay. Well, we all know someone who needs a shidduch. And uh, so I'm going to be doing it. You're going to be doing it. We'll all be doing it. And uh, it's to a good cause. Also, you, you know, I have this thing. I don't know if you do it. The U.S. Postal Service offers this thing called informed delivery. Do you have it? I mean, isn't that just a tracking number? No. So here's the thing. So the U.S. Postal Service offers this service. It's a free service. And basically what it is is every day you get an email of what any mail that's coming to you by the U.S. Postal Service. And in the email, they actually show you pictures, digital pictures of every piece of mail that you're getting. So it's great because if, like, let's say you're expecting something, a piece of mail from uh, wherever, a check or something legal or whatever, every day you get that email and, you know, I'm in my office, but I get this email so I can see, you know, the, the mail I'm getting. It's free service and you may as well sign up for it. It's pretty cool. Wait, is it as it arrives to your door? Because, like, we get that from Amazon, right? They take a picture of the package yes. at my door. No, but this is and- the regular snail mail. So is it just when it arrives, or am I getting a picture, like a postcard from every single stop that it makes? No, 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 no. You get an email, like at the beginning of the day, and it says, arriving to your mailbox today, and it's pictures of all the letters you're getting. Interesting, because I barely 
look at them. Like, I don't look at the mail. But th- th- that's why this is great because you could – I quickly glance through it. I see, is there anything important? No. If there is something important, so then I make sure to go get it. Otherwise, it goes into a pile that just grows and grows and grows until yes. one day. That's right? my mailbox, by the way. Until one day, I'm like, oh, if I have to empty this thing. Exactly. Once every, like, month, you just go through everything. But when you're expecting something or you see something important, so then you could go get it. And so the other day, so of course, you know, the U.S. Postal Service started including like promotional things in their emails because, of course, why not? And uh, the last one I got was they're promoting new, check it out, the Mail In It podcast, the official podcast of the U.S. Postal Service. Oh, they have a podcast now. Yes. It's called Mail In It. Exciting, so, isn't it? <laughs> they have a podcast. What that could means you, everybody has a podcast. What could they possibly be discussing? I don't know. Uh, I mean, here, you want to hear what some of them, uh, the finding a career at the, at the Postal Service. That's their latest episode. Before that, Postal Service pricing. This week on Mailing It, we'll explore a critical challenge faced by all businesses, but one that pre- presents unique complexities for the Postal Service. Pricing strategy. This is super exciting to me. I would much rather hear episode titles like Navigating Sleet as a Mailman. <laughs> the Dangers of Black <laughs> Ice. <laughs> <laughs> so the truth of the matter is, for next episode, we should listen to a couple, just you know, browse and see if we can find some sound bites because I don't know. And it's funny because if you look at the ratings, like so, they have a three point on Apple. They have a three point seven out of five with two hundred and nine ratings, which I'm, I'm pretty surprised. And one of the top reviewed is uh, someone writes, "Fantastic! Finally, <laughs> finally!" <laughs> like like you were waiting all this time. It's like when am I going to be able to listen to my to the United States Postal Service <laughs> in my car? Ridiculous, ridiculous. And speaking about mail, we've gotten. Um, a couple of interesting uh, messages, some of them via, you know, just text and some of them voicemail uh, will wanted to play for you. I mean, the first one we got, this one's not a laughing matter. Um, this came a couple of days ago and uh, I'll just read to it, read it very quickly. It says, just started listening to your show. I find myself laughing and learning. It's great. You mentioned about the pro-Palestinian stuff going on in Canada and I can tell you it is worse than you could imagine. We have volunteer groups protecting the community here in Vancouver. The police have been providing security at our schools and synagogues, even around our grocery stores. This past weekend, I found a local public library had even put out purposeful misinformation about Hanukkah, saying it took place in Egypt. You said how 50% of UK Jews are considering leaving the UK. I'd guess a higher percentage of Canadian Jews are thinking of leaving. Wow. I totally, this totally caught me off guard. You know, we'll never know how bad it is. These are things that are not covered. You could never know what it is to live in a Jewish community anywhere in the world because right. these things are not covered. But one thing's for sure, it's it, this is the worst it's been in our lifetimes. It's just really, really bad. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's I think that's fair to say. And so this uh, on, on the lighter side, we got this voice note. This is from a longtime listener, Amir, uh, and I'm going to play it for you. Here it is. I was at a bar mitzvah the Shabbos and someone told a story about the bar mitzvah boy and it's like so right up your alley of something that like you've never thought of but now you won't be able to stop thinking of. Um, so they were saying they were once in a pool together 
And do you know that like thing? I don't know if you do this with like your kids where there's like pool noodles in the pool and like, you know, you get them to like, you know, look or do something with like one end of the pool noodle and then you blow in it and like all the water, you know, goes out like a, like a water gun at them. Um, so he said that he was like doing that with like his nephew, the kid that just got bar mitzvah and they were like in the pool and he's like, oh, you know, take a look at the other end of the pool noodle. And then he like blew in to the other side and like water came out. But also there was this huge snake and the snake just blew out and landed on top of this kid, which I used to, I do this with my kids all the time. And now I will never, ever do it again. And I can't stop thinking about it. And I don't ever want to go swimming with a pool noodle ever again. New fear unlocked. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. So I mean, but to be fair, you, you now need to check your, your pool your noodles. noodles. But yeah. I don't know if you, you know, a lot of times you can't, if the noodle's not straight, you can't see through it, right? It's got to be perfectly straight so you can see from one end to the other. And if it's like even slightly curved, you look in, you won't see what's going on all the way. Yeah, it's but, always curved, but I think it needs to get a test blow before you, you know, blow it in someone's face. I'm not face. putting my mouth on a pool noodle knowing that there could <laughs> potentially be a snake there. That's probably the correct call. So thanks, Amir. Thanks for that. Also, what happened this weekend, we went number one in India. Oh. We've made it. <laughs> it's, a, it's about time. It's official. <laughs> number one Jewish podcast in India over the weekend. It's a milestone for us, man. Well, it was called Dinosaurs Invade India. Oh, right. <laughs> right? So they took one look at it and they were like, we must hear this one. This is the one. <laughs> okay, so back to the regular news. I mean, the biggest news is... Claudine Gay has now resigned. I mean, it's about time. It is about time. I mean, uh, uh, I mean, you know what was going on with the whole plagiarism thing. Like that's the thing that I that I didn't know. Like I didn't know it last week, but also I think that's the thing that pushed her over the edge. Well, she they, they had been so for those who don't know. So the New York Post had done a expose on her before the whole thing with the Jews, saying that uh, her material. You know, a lot of in her dissertations, her PhD dissertation, she had plagiarized among them from another African-American woman who said that she should absolutely be thrown off for plagiarizing her work. And the more they started researching, the more plagiarism they found and on and on and on. Basically, she's been plagiarizing for years. For her whole and career. Her whole career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, it was ridiculous because like the Harvard Crimson, which is the Harvard paper, said something like, uh, we do say that she plagiarized, but she doesn't have to step down because she did it without intent. It was unintentional. How do you plagiarize <laughs> unintentionally? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Would we just pick the same words? Yeah, like, how does that, how does yeah, that work? It makes absolutely no sense. They were just upset because... And they actually said this in the articles, like, oh, she shouldn't step down because the only reason this is all happening is because of what she said about the Jews and because the right wing is, is pressuring. But you know what? What she said at, at Congress was bad enough for her to resign with that alone. You didn't need the plagiarism. Exactly. The plagiarism just forced her hand, basically. Yeah, because too much. more and more was just going to come out. It's like it's scary because when you hit the headlines like that, the the magnifying glass comes out. Yes. And yes. they see everything. But the interesting thing is the New York Post was preparing this article and they reached out to Harvard for comment and Harvard threatened to sue them. 
they came at the New York Post strong, saying we stand by her, she doesn't plagiarize. Then once the whole thing happened with Congress, then the New York Post came out with the, with this whole article. It's like, oh, we knew that she was a plagiarist, and they came at us. And, and then it just kept growing and kept growing. And the more they researched, the more plagiarism they found. But now she's gone, which means there's two down and one to go. Sally Kornbluth from MIT, she's the last man, last woman standing. I think she knows her days are numbered after. Because you know what? Claudine Gay put up a fight. She did. She did. But, also, she, but in the end, she fell. So what's the over-under on Sally Kornbluth? I don't know. I'm not giving her good odds. I can tell you that. But also, you have to remember, so many of the Harvard you know, donors were pulling their funds, saying that if she doesn't step down, we're not giving you. And it was hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I haven't heard that much on MIT. So, But the question really becomes... Yeah, are they going to now get those funds back now that Claudine Gay resigned? Or has Harvard already shown their true colors? That's a good question. Right? It's a very good question. Because if it was know. me, if I was donating $100 million to Harvard, I already, I already have a bad taste. It's over. Like, I can send this $100 million like, to much better places. Yeah, I would send it to Lakewood. Right. If I had to guess, I'm sure some of them are going to give give the money because i they very publicly said you know she needs to be removed otherwise i'm not giving this money and now that she's gone they kind of have to you know it'll be it'll be a pr nightmare for them if they don't yeah but also the people that do give a hundred million dollars to harvard they do it for their own status right that's also true you know so they don't want that to go away exactly and before we continue by the way we do have to mention the dream raffle we mentioned this in the last cast this is the opportunity for, it really is the dream. And the dream is to win a beautiful apartment in Eretz Yisrael. And with the way things are going, we just mentioned that Canadians are looking to get out of Canada. The only place you could go, the only safe place for Jews, ultimately, we know, is in the Jewish state, which is the land of Israel. Now's the time to join the raffle. Simply enter the raffle and you'll have your chance to be part of the kiddush that's going to happen for any one of our listeners you heard it here first from Shmuel Sackett, who was on last time. He's gonna. He, if any of our listeners win, he's gonna sponsor a kiddush there. So you got to be in it to win it, and you got to make sure to use the coupon code KC when you're checking out. And we know some people had a hard time finding the coupon code, but it's there. It's when you, right before you check out, right before you pay. There's a box. Put in the code KC, and you're gonna get ten bucks off. And if you enter before January 10th, you get included in a ten thousand dollar raffle. That's happening January 10th. So you need to get it. You need to do it now. The link will be in our show notes. The website is thedreamraffle.com. But check out the show notes. We're going to put a link there. Back to the news. So the other big news is this airplane explosion that happened in Japan. Did you see that? I didn't see it. I was, uh, I think, distracted by the major earthquake. Yes, there was also an earthquake. It feels like the whole world is like crazy things going on, right? Well, you know what? I feel like it's every few years something in, in Japan happens crazy. Yeah, right. They did have the earthquake with the nuclear meltdown. Uh, they had meltdown. the Fukushima. Fukushima, and they're just like, right? like they have like a kufa and then, and then quiet for a bunch of years. So here a plane was landing and it seems like it, it, it hit a Coast Guard plane and the plane went on fire. It ended up exploding. They, luckily, they were able to save all the passengers from the the airline that had uh, something like 379 passengers. But unfortunately, on the Coast Guard plane, six people didn't make it. 
the pilot was the only one who made it out of the Coast Guard plane alive. And so that was And crazy. it was just sitting there on the runway? It was it was landing. It was coming in for landing. We'll include the video in our WhatsApp. That's a terrifying video. No, not for the faint of heart. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Because you see you see uh, uh, video footage from inside the plane, like yeah. from passenger point of view. Yeah. And there's clearly fire coming out from under the plane and it's bumpy and the and like the seatbelt sign noise just keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. Funny. I'm laughing, but I mean, and, and it's just in time for Yeshiva week, right? So like everybody's booking their flights or if they, if they didn't already. And so, yeah. Don't watch the video. Watch the if, video. You haven't, if you haven't booked your flight yet, do not watch this video. Maybe we shouldn't post it in the, in the WhatsApp group. No, yeah, listen, With a you can't. With a warning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Viewer discretion is advised. Now, before you get into the regular news, I need to know the update on Israel. Oh, so much going on in Israel. So much. Give it to me. So much going on in Israel. I mean, the news is coming out fast, even though uh, one of the news items that came out is that uh, Israel announced that the IDF is going to be pulling out of Gaza some of the troops because they're entering, quote unquote, the next phase, which is really code word for the United States pressured us enough that we're pulling back a little bit. I can't see any other reason. Well, I do see a lot of the videos coming out with the soldiers saying, uh, saying uh, Benjamin Goemel because they got out safely. So those are always, they're good to see. I mean, I want to see people coming home. Oh, for sure. For sure. But at the same time, I mean, what's going on? I mean, there was a lot of terrorists are killed. But uh, if you look at the, uh, the top commanders, we didn't get that many. Although we did get one this weekend. Yes, I saw that. Uh, and that was a, a, like a targeted assassination in Beirut. Yes, that was Saleh al-Aruri. Hope I'm saying that right, but yes. <laughs> I don't think it matters anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's, a, and you know, he was a major figure, um, and he was taken out, targeted assassination. Uh, also, I mean, Lebanon is really heating up. The good news is, is that Bibi continues to reiterate that he's not going to do half a job. Like, he's in this all the way. Well, he could keep saying that, but according to a recent poll, only 15% of Israelis want Netanyahu to keep his job after the Gaza war is over. Okay, so, yes. I, but maybe that's why he's uh, determined to get it done. Or the opposite. Maybe that's why he's it's like, you know what? This war is going to take another 20 years. <laughs> At the end of the day, Bibi is the head of the country. He's the prime minister, and it's his failure. October 7th was his failure. He needs to take. He needs to own it, and he needs to step down. I've said I it think before, I'll say it again. I think there's no question about it. I think a lot is going to come out as soon as that investigation gets off the ground. Yeah, I agree. And also coming out of Lebanon, uh, Israel is saying that Hezbollah in Lebanon may actually have a attack tunnel system that's even more sophisticated than Hamas's. Oh, no. Oh, yes. I can't do more tunnels. You? What did you do? <laughs> you, I'm just have saying. Have you been to any tunnels? <laughs> like, why? Like, how would we, like... I can't believe that this is what we're dealing with. Yeah, it's it's a little ridiculous. Um, we have to hope it's not true. But at least it's not like, I mean, I feel like Lebanon is a little bit more contained than Gaza. You know, Gaza is basically like in the middle of Israel. And, you know, you have, I mean, but then again, Lebanon is right at the border as well. I don't yeah, know. But, but I feel like, like Gaza was the Wild West, right? Okay. Like you didn't know what's happening. Like nothing surprised 
us when it came to Gaza. Like, oh, they had tunnels. We knew. We knew they had tunnels. We knew they were going to be elaborate. Maybe some of the sophistication surprised us, but ultimately we understood what was going on. I feel like like Lebanon would be a, a big surprise. We don't have our finger. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm talking like this because I don't know anything. But I'm just saying <laughs> Lebanon, to me anyway, would be a big surprise if they had this intricate uh, terror tunnel system. And I also feel like they have a functioning, legitimate government on some level. Yeah, but it's 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 a quasi. Let's call it a quasi government. Hezbollah is very active. They they control a lot of that country. I mean, this is the whole com- country is like a fake country. Is it? Yeah, it's been that way for a long time. It right. used to be many years ago. It used to be, you know, it used to be a destination, a tourist destination, whatever. And then there was a civil war, and it's just been, you know, once Iran got their foothold there, it's just been terrible. Um, also, big news was that the Supreme Court struck down the law taking away power from the Supreme Court. <laughs> they struck that down, as expected. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so now they can still veto laws that they deem unreasonable in Israel. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, the fact that it was up to them to decide is kind of crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah that should have, it should have went to a vote. Like, let the Israeli public decide what they want. Right, right. And so I, one of the members of Knesset said exactly those words, but he said it slightly different. He said, you know, it should be up to the public. And since the public has elected the people, you know, in government who want this, then essentially the the will of the people is for this to pass. And getting back to tunnels, by the way, I, I know you saw this video. I mean, there was, it was an article on Yeshiva World that had a video. We're going to include it in the WhatsApp group. Um, dogs have been a major element of the fight in Gaza. Right, because a lot of times they don't know where these tunnels lead. They don't know if there's people in these buildings. They send in the dogs first, and they, they've been critical. You know, they send them into the tunnels with cameras connected to them, and this video was really unbelievable. Like you actually see the dog, you see it running, you see it. You know, first person of the dog. Yeah, I didn't realize how much I enjoy uh, the dog eye view. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like 100%. they're running in, they've got a flashlight on, and that it's like it's a comfortable height. Yeah. You know, and, and you and can you, see you can see around and you can, you know, and they have no fear. Right. And they just go and you hear like the Israeli guys saying, Kadima, you know, like and the dog <laughs> <Right>. just goes. <laughs> he just bolts. And like I'm like in this in this video, like there is no terrorist waiting behind, you know, a bathroom door or anything, which I was waiting for. I was like hoping. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, one, please find somebody. No, no, no. In what in somewhere in the video you can actually hear the dog does grab a terrorist and you could hear it if you pay close attention. He does get someone. The dog gets a terrorist. But we don't see it in that video. We don't see it. True. But they're really, you know, unsung heroes, these dogs. From that video, I couldn't make out what the dog's name was. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't but tell. But I what? know I know there's one dog that's named Mikey. And okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Because <laughs> I, I saw it's not the first video I'm watching on this. Yeah, and I think they get like, you know, they form relationships with these dogs. And, you know, the, these are essentially like their pets. I mean, that's why they're naming them. And... I mean, I, I would imagine that it would be named when it when it's getting trained, you know, because obviously it needs to remember the command, right? right like me right. personally, I would name my dog Falafel <laughs> if it was uh, if you were Israeli, <laughs> if I was Israeli, you know. But I'm not sure how that would fare like in battle. Maybe it would confuse the terrorists, you know. <laughs> 
like 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 whoever in here uh, falafel coming right now <laughs> and that's a good way for, to get them to give up their position because they'll probably just scream from the other room we'll take two we'll take two one for me one for muhammad send two yani also coming out, uh, a lot of interviews done with, with some of the hostages, from some of the survivors. Mia Shem has been all over the place. And one of the lines she said really went viral. Her line was, there's not one innocent civilian in Gaza. That's a chilling line. It is chilling because I can't believe that there's that, that she was being held by families. A lot it's of like them were. It's like everybody's complicit there. Everyone. Everyone's complicit. 100%. This guy but had a family... But it is two million people, so you can't really know. Right, but we also know that you, here's the crazy part. There's two million people, right? They're in homes. They're being moved around. We know that they're going to hospitals, right? Mia said that they took it to a hospital. Think about the number of people who know something and were getting nothing. Not one hostage was rescued. One was, was rescued by chance, but not one hostage has been found. And the, wait, and there's rewards being offered. Yes. Which Tons is, to rewards. me, mind-boggling. So either either it, they're, they're really dedicated to the cause, which is a real problem, or they're really scared for their lives. I mean, we're not going to know anything until Hamas is actually obliterated. Yeah, but I have to think that Israel can guarantee them safety. I mean, there's been other, you know, there's been other people who've tattled before, right? Look, I, son of Hamas. Right. He's in hiding. He doesn't He's live not a, a in hiding. He, he sure lives out is. in the open in the United States in California. Not only is he in hiding, not only does he change his location, but it's also not easy to get in touch with him. And how do I know this? Because I spoke to Yaakov Langer. He did an amazing interview with Son of Hamas. And till he got to the right person, it took him a while. So really? not a simple thing to get in touch with him. And he doesn't live a simple life. Really? Okay, I did not know that. And yeah, by the he's way, not thanks. He's, he's not partying on the beaches of Venice. I can tell you that. <laughs> and by the way, thanks to Yaakov Langer for that major shout out. He did a great episode uh, with Elon, and you should check it out, but not before you finish this one. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so Turkey, Turkey has arrested 33 people, alleged spies for Israel. We've, I feel like we've seen this movie before, right? Definitely. It just it, Turkey is it, Turkey just is mind-boggling to me. How they're they're part of NATO, but they're pro-Hamas, very openly pro-Hamas, and you know it's basically turned into a dictatorship. I, I don't understand it, but okay, it is what it is. I just feel bad for the people because like we're not even getting intel from them, right? <laughs> right? Like at least if you're going to go to jail forever, let it be for a cause. Yep, and on the home front. Uh, talking about what's going on in Israel and anti-Semitism. Urban Dictionary, I know you heard of the Urban Dictionary, right? Mm-hmm. So the Urban Dictionary has added a new word, and the word is Israeled as a verb. Yeah, that doesn't sound very doesn't pro sound good, Semitic. Huh? No. So it, what it is is, I'm just going to read it the way it, it's written here. When someone asks you for sharing something of yours and then fight you to get you out of it and tell everyone you took it from them. For example, in a restaurant, someone asked me to share my table. I agreed. After a moment, he asked me to leave because he had a meeting. I've been Israeled. 
it sounds like it's user submitted. Like yeah. it's, it does sound like some pro Palestinian guy said. Like I'm going to change. I'm going to I'm going to put an entry into Urban Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, the grammar is not great, but I mean, it, the fact that it's get, getting put there means people are using it. So it's a little bit crazy. I have yet to hear that in actual in conversation, writing conversation. <laughs> but you know, there's another term that now that you're mentioning it, gaslighting. Oh, I didn't hear that. You didn't what hear is that? that one? No. Like gaslighting? Right, like gaslighting, but gaslighting. Uh, is it the same meaning as gaslighting? Go ahead, look it up. Okay. So here it is, Urban Dictionary. Gazalite, verb used when terrorists who perpetrate a massacre deny it happened and blame the victims. <laughs> so go. it is. It's, it's, spot it's on. gaslighting. That's what it is, gaslighting. Gaslighting, that's what gaslighting means. When I tell you that what you're seeing or is just not true, even though you're seeing it. So Gaza lighting, I like that. Okay. This <laughs> something at least to counteract Israel. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. So also, I know you saw this one. There's, there's a video. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, but people protesting in Pakistan and they're eating the Israeli flag as opposed to burning it. What's up with that? I saw that video, but I saw it without sound, so I think I thought it was pro-Israel. <laughs> really? Like, yeah, like, I want to get the flag in my body, right? <laughs> I have to eat the Zionism to get it inside. And the fact that they were all, like, Arabs, Muslim Arabs, that didn't, that didn't clue you off. No, then I put the sound up and I realized <laughs> these people are angry. Well, nothing gets by you. <laughs> And also, we covered in the last episode the whole Kanye apology thing. So now a bunch of people ran his apology through AI detectors. Turns out that that was probably written by AI. So basically, he's like, he, he went to ChatGPT and said, um, how do I get in the good graces of the Jewish people after I did X, Y, and Z? <laughs> and, and that's what ChatGPT spat Spit out. Spit out, yeah. Yeah, and I'm assuming it spit it out in English, and then he said, well, why don't we do it in Hebrew instead? And then ChatGPT <laughs> did that. <laughs> so ridiculous. And uh, also over the weekend, uh, Tucker Carlson was interviewed, and he decided to take some shots at Ben Shapiro. Did you see that one? I did see it. So let me play a little bit for you. Here's the clip. But there are people on the right who have spent the last two months every single day focused on a conflict in a foreign country as our own country becomes dangerously unstable on the brink of financial collapse with tens of millions of people who shouldn't be here in the country. We don't know their identities or the purpose of their being here. Like stuff that's could destroy the country for real and make it impossible for my kids to live here. They've said nothing about that and they're focused with laser intensity on foreign conflicts. And I'm like, at some point, I've got four kids. If I'm so caught up in the problems of my neighbor's children and completely ignoring my own children as they get addicted to drugs and kill themselves. You know, I'm not against helping my neighbor's kids, but clearly I don't love my kids. I mean, right. that's, that's, you know, that's the only logical conclusion and they don't care about the country at all. And that's, you know, that's kind of their prerogative, but I do. So when I saw this video, it reminded me of how anti-Tucker you are. Yes. And to the point where he's on your anti-Semite spectrum. Yes, yes, and, and I stand by it. Yeah, and this brought it home, by the way, because this is a typical example of how he's not 
just not pro. There's no, some anti in here. No, because he he's so he's basically saying that you know because Ben Shapiro has been so talking so much about Israel, it shows that you know he doesn't care about the United States. Obviously, right? That's what he says. Um, I will point out that I was worried about you know the fact I was worried that Ben Shapiro was going to be losing listeners because of the amount of Israel coverage that he was giving. Because I mean, it, it has been he, he he gave a tremendous amount of time to Israel, but for, for Tucker to say something like that, it's so disingenuous and it's just disgusting. So, you know, every day that passes, Tucker just goes further and further down the list, and further and further onto the spectrum, <laughs> further into the spectrum. Yeah, but you also don't need to worry about Ben Shapiro losing listeners. Like, don't worry about him, bro. Like, <laughs> worry about us. Yeah, I'm, I hear you. I hear you. So maybe we, we should take a break for a second and talk about some of the other things going on in the news. Like what? What do you got? Well, first of all, big news. Steamboat Willie. You know, that's the original Mickey Mouse. I'm the, sorry. The, what? You don't know what I'm talking about. No clue. The original Mickey Mouse cartoon. It's called Steamboat Willie. And that's the original. It's the first thing that Mickey Mouse ever appeared in, uh, created by Walt Disney. And uh, it's famous if you see it. You know, he's driving a boat. You see him driving a boat. No, none of this rings a bell. Mm, some of the boat, like when you go like this, when you put your hands at the, at three o'clock and nine o'clock. No, you're thinking of the Mickey watch. That's what you're thinking of. No, no, I, I, like a wheel, like a sailboat. Yes, yes, that's what it is. Yeah. So, so. Now, Steamboat Willie, that cartoon, and Mickey Mouse in general, because of it, they have entered the public domain. They're no longer copyrighted. They oh, were that's coming like that story. Copyright. Yes. Wait, that's like that story we did with Winnie the Pooh. Yes, yes. And if you remember, do you remember what happened when Winnie the Pooh came out of copyright? They made a horror film. Exactly. And they're do <laughs> they already did it. They've already made a horror film with Mickey Mouse and they're going to be releasing it. So like they've they've been onto it. They they were preparing for this eventuality. They knew it was coming. And you know, Disney tried to delay it and they actually they were able to get an additional 10 years added to the copyright. Oh no, I'm sorry, 20 years. They gave them a full 95 years for the copyright to be in play, but now that has expired and so now Mickey Mouse is now in the public domain. So it's free. It's free game right now. You, you can know do what the album art is going to be for this episode, right? <laughs> but also, it's funny because I remembered the Winnie the Pooh. That story stuck out in my mind, and OG Kiddish Club listeners are going to know. Yes, because right? it has to be in like our first twenty episodes. Yes, and also coming out of the news, and th this hit me for two reasons. So I actually, why I don't know. I have two apps on my phone. One of them identifies insects, and one of them identifies plants. Don't you delete apps? Like, every so often, I delete, like, things that are... Like, if there's one that I keep seeing, like, in one corner, or it's just hanging out there and it does nothing for me, it goes. No, I don't. I, they just go in, and they go into that black hole of apps. But I, I actually had a coworker who was telling me that in, in New York City, he goes to Central Park, and he goes mushroom foraging. Did you ever hear this? I think I did. I mean, I would never want to eat a um, locally Central sourced, <laughs> a locally sourced mushroom. But they Very forage for these. Of you. <laughs> no, it's not because I would go in in the forests of like uh, Idaho. I would. So it has nothing to do with not loving the United States, but it does have everything to do with the pollution in this city, and God knows what those mushrooms hold. 
Right. I, well, interesting that you're saying that. So, so this coworker, he's part of a group that goes foraging in Central Park for mushrooms. Now, you know that mushrooms can be poisonous or they can be edible. So yes. this guy in Ohio was using an app to identify the mushroom. He identified it. It called them, quote, giant puffballs. So he made a tortellini dinner and he included this mushroom that he picked in his dish. Unfortunately, they weren't giant puffballs. These mushrooms were actually called destroying angels. Oh, boy. Yeah. So wait, can a mushroom actually be poisonous? Yes, very like poisonous. Death? He like almost deathly? died. He no. almost died. They used a experimental antidote on him. If a mushroom's called destroying angels, stay away. Yeah, you stay know because you're not even an angel. Like, can you imagine how easy it is for this mushroom to destroy a human being? Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So let this be a lesson to you. Don't always trust the apps. That's not the lesson I'm getting here, man. Oh, what's the lesson? <laughs> the lesson is. Like, why are you eating, like, wild mushrooms that, and you're trusting an app? You're right. But who eats wild mushrooms from the sidewalk? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If a mushroom is dr growing between the pavement and the sidewalk, don't eat, don't it. eat it. I don't care. I don't care how benign any app tells you it is. Like, yeah, you have the to watch. Yeah, err on the side of caution when you're putting something in your body because nobody wants to be laid up in the hospital because they like isn't that a stupid way to die yeah right 100 percent. i'm just saying imagine this person's funeral no right but you, you know what the are they saying oh if only he didn't eat the mushroom like <laughs> what a it's so embarrassing it's insane it's an embarrassing way to, to go like if you're gonna go go out with a bang no but no, no Not, but this, is what, this is what you don't understand and and i know this again from the co-worker this is a sport Okay, they, they're not doing this to save money. They're doing it because it's a sport. Foraging for mushrooms, it's supposed to be fun. Pick up a basketball. <laughs> really, that's my only comment. Yeah, that's because like, you've never foraged. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the high is, man. <laughs> once you forage once, you never stop. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm not even joking. He's, he Look, was I can... I can I can relate to that. Like I can understand it. It's not like I can't understand it, but it's just a stupid hobby if it can kill you. <laughs> Agreed. Right? Right? I'd rather skydive. Yeah. And, and have that maybe kill me than a mushroom. <laughs> or don't do either of those things and be like me. Right. Stay home. Don't ever take any risks. So also, also speaking about things that make you uncomfortable, uh, there's a there's a video that went viral, and uh, it's it's cautioning women who shop in Sephora not to buy this thing called the Sol de Janeiro Delicia Drench Body Butter. Because seemingly, if you use this, I guess, moisturizer, it attracts wolf spiders. Oh, boy. <laughs> wolf spiders come after you. Well, listen, like, it's, it's, a, it's a butter. It sounds like a body butter. I don't know what body butter is. And so it retails from 22 to $48, and people are just bashing Sephora saying, you know, do not buy. Well... I mean, you could buy, but I mean, it says what it is. Like, it says that it is delicious body butter. Like, <laughs> it is called, what? yes. Delicia drenched body butter. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect, right? Right. You're slathering your body with delicious butter. Exactly. You're going to attract some type of... Unwanted animal. Exactly. And speaking about unwanted visitors, here's a story about a guy who was in a boat 
in Queensland. Where's Queensland? Isn't it in Australia? Uh, yes, I believe you are correct. Of course, it's Australia, because where else could something like this happen? So he's in his boat, and a gigantic crocodile jumped into his boat. You're supposed to be safe from crocodiles in a boat. <laughs> you would think, right? right? Right. Also, like the dexterity of crocodiles, can they really jump? Apparently, they can. Or maybe he had a ramp, like leading into the water. So it, sa- it says here, as soon as the man spotted the crocodile approaching his vessel, he moved to the back of the boat and went to start his engine. Quote, the crocodile swam under the tinny, tinny means boat in Australian, then turned and launched itself up and into the vessel with its jaws wide open, Burns said. Wait, so did it climb over or did it go from under? Like, No, how? it swam under the boat and then okay. jumped up and into the boat. And huh. then the next, the next, the article, I mean, it's, it's not believable, but it says, the fisherman leapt over the gigantic reptile towards the end of the boat and grabbed the anchor. Luckily, the, crocodile, the crocodile turned, which overbalanced the boat, and it fell back into the water. Now, it seems like he was just cool with this, and he's like, okay, I'm going to run to the back and get the anchor. I mean, what would you do? Well, if I was Australian, I would definitely like let out a crikey. <laughs> right, crikey. I would definitely say crikey. Okay, once you do that, what's next? I don't know. I don't know this guy's experience level. Like, I feel like he could have been calm if you've seen everything. Like, if he's a veteran, if he's like like a Steve Irwin, like, he's seen it all. Like, oh, right. yeah, no problem, mate. It doesn't seem like he was as affected by it as we were, you know? He's like, or oh, as we know. would be, I would be bugged out forever. Yeah, no, I would just sit down and say, okay, say shaman, I'm done. You know? <laughs> right. And it's he would over. have leapt off the boat. You'd be done with boats. Yes. Oh, I'm done with boats just reading about it. I'm done. <laughs> A lot of phobias in this episode. And that's all the time we have for this episode. But don't forget to support our sponsors, Shas Fishaduchim, with their national campaign. Check them out. Link is in the show notes. It's Shas, the number four, Shaduchim.org. And also, don't forget, the dream raffle. The raffle's coming up. You want this apartment. You need this apartment. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Because I do need this apartment. Yes, I do too. You can come to my house. If, you, if, if I win it, I'll let you use it like one time. One time? That's it. One time. Bro, if, you let, if, if I win it, you can come whenever you're in Israel. You can have uh, it. That's nice of you. Yeah, no, it's not nice. I'm just trying to win. Okay, how about this? Will you pledge to make Aliyah if you win it? No, I can't make these type of commitments. Uh, see, you just gave it up. You just <laughs> gave up the zchus. You're not winning. That means I am winning. I like how we think it's either one of us and nobody else in the world. <laughs> must be. And thank you guys for listening. All of the links are in the show notes. Make sure you follow us on WhatsApp. You can follow us also on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you enjoy the episode, leave us a five-star review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and Kiddish Club out. This episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.